A reading from Exodus. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame out of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, and yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God told him, called him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, and the God of of Isaac. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come to, down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Prezerites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me, and I have also seen how the Egyptians oppress them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. And he said, I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, If I come to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my title for all generations. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people.
A reading from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them, and they were struck down in the wilderness. Now these things occurred as examples for us, so that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not become idolaters as some of them did, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink, and they rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality, as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test, as some of them did, and were destroyed by serpents. And do not complain, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. These things happened to them to serve as an example, and they were written down to instruct us on whom the age, ends of the ages have come. So if you think you are standing, watch out that you do not fall. No testing has overtaken you that is not common to everyone. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with the testing, he will also provide the way out so that you may be able to endure it. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. I always look for one of two things when I open the scriptures and read them. First, for insight, uh, enlightenment illumination. And the second is encouragement. And today we, we have both in all three readings. In the first reading, I'm sorry, yes, in the first reading, Moses is called by God to a, a very serious task. that he is to speak truth to power, that he's to, he is to go before Pharaoh in Egypt, and he is to demand freedom for his people. Now Moses rat naturally realizes that this is unthinkable, and he responds with, who am I that I should do this? You know, this is way above my pay grade. But the Lord answers him. He doesn't explain how he's going to do it. He just says, I am with you. In other words, he's telling him, you can do this. You know, there are many challenges in our lives that we feel are daunting, that maybe we just can't do them. We can't face up to them. They're going to overcome us, overwhelm us. 
If you take that attitude, then you'll never succeed. In the second reading, St. Paul speaks about the burdens of life, the challenges. But he says that we never receive a challenge that we can't manage. That we have enough grace to be able to do it. That that's God's way. And of course, in the gospel, the poor gardener who's trying to tend to these fig trees is kind of accosted by the owner who tells him that, well, you know, this, this particular tree hasn't given me any fruit, so cut it down. And of course, he, he pleads the case for the tree, and he says, you know, give it another year at least. And then, if it doesn't bear fruit, then okay, I'll do it. But the point is, is that he's given a second chance. And who among us doesn't appreciate a second chance? And that really is the message of Jesus Christ, that we all continually have second chances. And we all continually have the grace of God given to us. But we have to accept that, and therein lies the problem. Many years ago, uh, I attended a conference in New York City on the marathon. And uh, I remember one particular scientist was asked, have we generally reached the threshold of what runners are capable in running the marathon? I think in those days it was around uh, two hours and 20 minutes. And I was sort of astounded by his response because he said, looking at all the physical evidence and all the electrochemical and so forth in the body, he said, no, I don't believe that we're anywhere near our limits at all. That it's not a physical problem. That the use of the mind and so forth and so on is where the trouble probably will be if we can't seem to move forward. So I was really struck by that. We're in the middle of Lent, and what is Lent but a mythological experience? In fact, all of our experiences in our faith are really mythological. That is, the, there's a theme that we are asked to walk through. Like the Israelites had to traverse through the desert for 40 years, we do 40 days of Lent. But it's important that we learn, if we, if we can, to engage in these mythological experiences because they evoke the depths within us. These themes are deep inside of us and uh, it's important that we nourish them. The end of, of Lent, Lent concludes with both the Passover and the Passion, Death, and Resurrection of Jesus. This year, both the Passover 
and uh, the resurrection of Jesus are on the same weekend. And that's very significant because the Israelites, the Jewish people, celebrate the passing over of the, of the Israelites from slavery into freedom. And also, in the Christian tradition, we celebrate the passing over of Jesus from death to life. And it is significant that the last religious act that Jesus did in his life here was uh, participating in the Seder, in the Passover meal. And so, all of us are taking a journey, or should be taking a journey, in our interior life, and in our public life as well. We're dealing with challenges that crush us, some of us. Challenges that diminish us. Some anxiety, perhaps, maybe a physical illness, maybe a problem in our family, our relationships, maybe with our friends, maybe with our employers, our colleagues at work, whatever it may be. There's something that we are enduring. And as I've mentioned, I think in the past, you know, the word Egypt uh, actually means a narrow place. It's the place where we're, we're confined, where our spirit is, is confined and crushed even at times. We all seek redemption. We all seek to be relieved of this burden. Well, it is clear that in the times that we are living, that uh, they are reflecting the ancient story of the Exodus and even of the life of Jesus that we're seeing it right before our eyes. It's another mythological experience. We see in the world today more than one pharaoh. We see in the world today more than one group of people who are persecuted. We recount that struggle for freedom and we are called, like Moses was called, we have a call not only to our personal life and the personal pharaohs that exist in our, our lives, but the pharaohs out there, the pharaohs in the public place, the pharaohs throughout the world. We are called to liberate our people from this domination. Nothing could be more important and more serious in our time. I think I mentioned one time a few years ago when I first came here, it was during Lent, I read off what I thought were the modern, the modern ten plagues that we are suffering from here. And I'm going to repeat them. 
One, apathy in the face of evil, the so-called bystander effect. Brutality against the helpless, cruel exploitation and mockery of the weak, corruption of innocence, envy of others' possessions, bold-faced political lies, greed and the theft of Earth's resources, belittling of learning, of science and culture, incivility and the instigation of aggression, justice delayed and justice denied. Now, this is the world in which we live. You know, it's not much different from the world of Moses or Jesus, frankly. And in every age, we are called to stand up and do our part. We may not always succeed initially. You know, there's a story of Thomas Edison, you know, the guy who invented the electric light. He logged in over 2,000 individual experiments in order to get the success of creating that electric light bulb. And there's a famous uh, question by a reporter who I don't know if he was trying to be smart or he was trying to embarrass him, but he said, uh, Mr. Edison, uh, how do you feel about the fact that, that you failed 2,000 times before you got this right? And he said, I never failed. This project had 2,000 steps. And I did invent the electric light. And, and he was true. I mean, our lives frequently are not dramatic. We move ahead step by step by step by step. And hopefully in the end, with the grace of God, we, we achieve what we have to achieve. So I just ask you in this season and as we approach Easter and as we approach Passover, that you look into your hearts first and foremost, and see if there's a pharaoh in there. How are you managing it? How can you be free of it? Whatever it is. And looking outward as citizens, how can we speak truth to power? How can we change the atmosphere in the world in which we live. There is always a crucifixion. There's always slavery. But there's always freedom and a resurrection as well. Never forget it. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 
1907. Search for us online or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.